is is ironic that people believe and preclude the notion of there ever being a flood with 80% of the Earth's crust as sedimentary rock laid down by water and these fossil graveyards where thousands of fossils are intertwined. It just two ways to look at the evidence, but in the last days are come scoffers and they will not believe in the flood. Just so happens we're here. Yeah. Hey everyone. So today is a super exciting topic that we're bringing to you. We are talking about fossils and does science prove that fossils are old? Yeah. She doesn't like fossils, right? Yeah, they're super cool. Grew up, everyone loves growing up seeing fossils of dinosaurs and it just gave us the imagination to run wild with and uh it's a fun topic so how are they made why do we have fossils anyways so there's two different ways of looking at how fossils are made what has to happen is there has to be a covering up of the animal that dies um, it cannot have oxygen where it will oxidize and break down of the body and you won't be able to make a fossil and there has to be water to take away the minerals so um, the current uh theory for evolutionists is the animal dies, you know, and usually in an ocean or next to a body of water and it goes to the bottom and is covered up by sediment because it has to be covered rapidly. And so it doesn't have oxygen. And then the water will pull the minerals and uh, basically fossilize um, whatever animal gets there. But the main point is that you have to have rapid burial and you have to have no oxygen. You know, I don't know. We go to the lake every once in a while and you see fish. Fish die. What do they do? float animals float they don't sink to the bottom and you know there's crustaceans and other animals that will go down there and uh especially bottom feeders that go eat everything things don't just you know go to the bottom of ocean or a lake or body water and get covered up there has to be somewhat of a cataclysmic event for those things to happen Um, sort of like a flood and uh how do we find most fossils most fossils are in fossil graveyards wherever it is in the world they find them there's you know, thousands of, of fossils intertwined doing daily functions. You'll see them, uh, we have fossils of animals giving birth. We have fossils of animals eating other animals, fish swallowing other animals, or a bunch of random things fighting with one another. So it's, uh, it had to be an instantaneous event. We don't see fossils being formed today. We don't find a bunch of modern day fossils, do we? Right. Why don't we see fossils being formed That's, all the time today? Exactly what I was going to ask. Why not? What? Uh, because it usually has to be a cataclysmic event. Um, I know we're not digging at the bottom of the ocean, but we do have cameras at the bottom of the ocean and you see crustaceans going and eating everything. Things don't just sink to the bottom and get covered over. Um, and it is kind of funny fact that we have 80% of the earth's crust is sedimentary rock Hmm. signs of a flood. If I was going to be, uh, I was going to be the judge. So um, very interesting. Definitely. And so, you know, dinosaurs obviously are really cool you know when we were growing up we're taught we go you know brush up off the dinosaur fake dinosaur fossils and learn all about that but what about everything else like not even just animals but you know items as well and modern day fossils that we found yeah just take a long time to make right right can't remember the place in england but um, we found there's a waterfall there that you can put items under and it will demineralize and it keeps the oxygen away from these items and you can make fossils in a few months. Crazy, they have a fossil teddy bear that's kind of uh, funny. Teddy they, bear. they found the <laughs> caves and things that were, they get covered up and you can make fossils quickly. They do not have to take millions of years to form. 
And uh, one of the really cool items, I believe is Mary Schweitzer, I think it was in the early 2000s, found, and you can read in scientific journals, she found T-Rex bones in, in Montana. And these T-Rex bones are supposed to be tens of millions of years old. And she finds soft tissue. So collagen, huh. proteins, blood vessels, bungee connective tissue that still has life to it. And it was found accidentally because she accidentally messed up and cut this uh, T-Rex fossil apart. Wow. And it's in Montana. These It's an environment that's very treacherous. It's not preserved in ice. Right. Millions of years old. We, we have science and we've done scientific studies, um, observable, testable, demonstrable, that show the degradation process and how long it takes for things to be eradicated. And you shouldn't have collagen and other proteins that are surviving or DNA fragments for more than, you know, 50,000 years. And this is stretching science, what we know, but not tens to but hundreds of millions of years. Right. But that just to show, goes to show you scientists will do whatever they can and change their theories because they have to protect their all and holy millions of years. These animals are millions of years old because if there's not that time there, that, that magic wand of time, um, evolution can't, you know, doesn't have a chance to be true. So right. they're they protect that at all costs. Once again, we have the end result, which we must protect. Um, it doesn't matter what the science will change our scientific beliefs based on what our end result. Definitely. And, you know, a lot of scientists, we've seen this before when they're talking or when they notice that they have discovered the soft tissue and things like that, their defense is that it was frozen. Right. And like you said, these this fossil of the T-Rex was not frozen. It was in Montana. <laughs> and they're finding this in all sorts of fossils. Right. And what did they do? Immediately they came out and they said, oh, it's contamination. Contamination. It's always contamination. Our, our, uh, our results are never contaminated, but all the young earth uh, theories and scientific things we find is all contamination. Uh, the problem is they said it was bacterial contamination. The problem is bacteria don't have collagen. So ah. that was an easy one to prove. But yeah, and DNA fragments, and they found this in all sorts of fossils now. They're wow. supposed to be tens of millions of years old. So that alone should prove that these fossils were around much, much earlier. So let's say. talk about the different layers. When fossils are laid down, you know, obviously it needs to be an instant, right? Well, for fossils to form. So they have a geologic column that they've taught you. You know, you, you have Cambrian explosion when the first fossils were laid down. And by the way, they just exploded out of nowhere. There's nothing below them. And, you know, bacteria, all the creatures that are fully formed, fully functioning. Um, and then you have a bunch of layers over them, which they've given names to. You don't find the geologic column anywhere in the world. They piece together different parts of the world and go, oh, this was here. This was here. And we'll have index fossils. Basically, they don't radiometric date different fossils to tell you uh, what the layer of the earth is. They will know what the age is based on what fossils there. So an index fossil, they go, okay, we know that's hundred years old. We know this one's here. So it's circular reasoning how they use this. Thank you. That's a good way to put it because, you know, in our last episode, we were talking about radiometric dating and how they're dating rocks and telling us the age of the earth, yet they're not. But you can actually, uh, you can actually carbon 14 date fossils and they're finding plenty of fossils that are supposed to be millions of years old that still have C14 showing that they had to be less than 50,000 years old. They're not that old. Um, and then you can do the same with diamonds, coal beds, and many other things to show that uh, they're not that old. Which, And that's not a perfect science either anyways, but the fact that it's still there shows that it could not be more 
thousand years old. Right. Um, Which means humans were around the time of dinosaurs, right? And then let's talk into, you know, kind of playing off of our discussion of evolution last episode, you know, talking about evolution of us coming from apes and the fossils that prove that. Uh, well, we have the main one that's Australopithecus. I can't remember the second word. There's multiple of those, but Lucy is the main one. Everyone's heard of Lucy or most people have. I hadn't. Um, Don't feel bad if no. you haven't. <laughs> But, you know, they Talk really haven't found, they find apes and they find humans or Neanderthals, just another type of human, you know, another area of humans. They weren't any different from us. They're more uh, studies that are done. They're finding that these Neanderthals are almost the same. They were just another subsect or area where humans live, different humans that maybe are a little bigger. Um, but Lucy was one that was, you know, the all holy missing link they found. Um, they took huge swath of land that is like 40 square meters and over 160 cubic feet of dirt it was, it was a ton literally of dirt they used but they found over 40 bones like one percent of bones they found one finger bone they found no feet bones but yet when they draw a picture of lucy from a very few fragments they will show almost a human-like ape that walks upright they didn't find any feet bones walks upright it, it's almost all imagination. So, so what are they basing this theory off of? A fossil? Well, there's a bunch of issues with it, but they want, you know, if you're a scientist, you want to find something of extravagance and right. importance that you can write about. So um, they didn't find any feet bone, but I think it was around a thousand miles away. These Laetoli prints, which are over 4.6 million years old, um, they look like human footprints. But, uh, they said, oh, you know, the, the big toe bone is just a hair over, you know, not like a hand, but like a foot, just, you know, there's a little gap there. So, and humans couldn't have been around 4.6 million years ago. So this had to be a relative of Lucy. This was Lucy walking upright. So we can just show Lucy walking upright. Yeah. in modern day humans, you know, our big toes over because we wear shoes. If you look at people that walk in different areas, native people that don't wear shoes, their big toe naturally moves over to give them more balance. Um, it's shown through multiple people and multiple studies, even weightlifters are now starting not you know, do squats and things out the shoes on because you get better balance and better uh, work of your stabilizer muscles. And there's other things too. Uh, her magnus foramen, which is the hole in the skull where your spinal cord goes through. And for humans, is on the bottom. For apes, it's in the back because they're walking up I know on all fours yeah. looking up all the time. Well, Lucy's was in the bag. Lucy was three foot 10. It was an ape. And this, the human footprints most likely just humans found 4.6 million years ago, or it's supposed to be 4.6 million years ago. Probably just, you know, humans at that time, which shows humans around, but right. those footprints would have had a six foot tall Lucy. Lucy was just an ape. They found an ape and they did what they always do. And they extrapolated that to fit their story. Right, so, exactly. And loose. literally with a few fragments that you showed me the picture before this episode and literally just a handful of fragments of bone, it's not even the full fossil like we talked about when things are fossilized. It is a complete picture of that animal. It's much more imagination than what yeah. they actually found. Absolutely. They were making it fit. <laughs> yes. And they're doing a great job. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, going back to the geologic column, you asked about that. A lot of these fossils they found at the very beginning are still around. And once again, so we have horseshoe crabs, you know, there's 
fossilized, uh, all sorts of things, you know, mosquitoes, crocodiles. One of the fun ones that used to be a uh, poster child for an evolutionary step was a coelacanth. They have a lobed fish, um, and those lobes were, you know, a little bit different than the normal fins that you'd see on fish. And like, oh, that's them slowly getting arms, you know, until uh, around 20 years ago when they found the coelacanth alive and well. <laughs> it just lives at hundreds of feet deep water. So it's not something that fishermen really pulled up very often or saw. Um, but once again, they had to just change their story. And uh, it's no longer a missing link. So the seal camp wasn't that ambitious. <laughs> it wasn't that ambitious. It did not just get it super uh, excited and start walking on lambs. No. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Fantasia, that's the line in, in Fantasia. They got <laughs> ambitious and the fish started walking. It cracks me up. Anyway, back to the science. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, if evolution is going to be true, Darwinian evolution, there's supposed to be little step-by-step in the fossil record do we find uh one tree of life that everything descends from a common ancestor and just evolves from one animal no we do not we find fully formed animals there's not issues with these animals there's not a leg in the wrong place it's not trial and error you don't find eyes in weird spots you know we find eyes in the front of heads you know if something is living on the base of the ocean we find eyes on top like everything is perfectly planned for how it needs to be you don't have a bunch of trial and error fossils right we have no intermediates and i think darwin today would uh actually recant what his theory were you know and uh just based on what we know today because you don't find a bunch of intermediate fossils in his book origin species they said that you'd have to find a lot of intermediates and we do not find intermediate fossils we do not find a tree of life we find a forest of life right. everything takes place it's kind why would we give the fossils that we find in the ground some power that we do not see today you know dogs make dog kinds right. cat make cat kinds horse makes horse kinds um, they breed forth after their kind you know you can you can breed and we do have microevolution. we have adaptation that dna is built with the ability to adapt to its environment you know we can breed dogs a hundred thousand times over and get everything from a chihuahua to a great dane Right. But you're never going to get a cat-like creature. Right. There are limits on what the DNA can can do, and that gets into kind of speciation. It was like, are you know all the dogs different dog species? A lot of them can never breed. Are cats different cat species? We saw a video on a liger the other day. You know, a tiger and a lion in yeah. captivity breed. They were the, they came from the same animal, um, and yeah, that's they probably had a common descendant that was a cat. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So the word species is actually kind of a misnomer. It doesn't really mean anything. Because, you know, species aren't supposed to be able to interbreed. Hmm. And they obviously do. There's no distinct line of where a species is. And, you know, DNA has the ability to do some miraculous things and really adapt to their environment beautifully. But we always see fully adapted animals. We right. never see anything partially adapted that doesn't survive or doesn't work well. It just so happens everything we see is created wonderfully and uh, beautifully works in nature how it's supposed to. Right. We don't see partially functioning animals that just die. And then it's like, oh, you know, had 10 kids that were all these crazy types. And, but this one, this one worked well. So it survived. Right. Darwinian evolution is survival and not survival of the fittest. It's survival of the luckiest half the time. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. And I mean, it just poses the question too. Like if Lucy was our missing link, why is that the only thing that they have to go off of? You think we would find other fossils that were very similar and also supporting that theory broke down. You find a lot of ape, ape-like 
right. animals and you find human-like animals. Right. There's no intertwining of them, but they, they try. Yeah. And just, you know, I think the Laetuli footprints around 4 million years ago are good sign that there are humans there. Right. I mean, that alone, they, they preclude that evidence to say it cannot be a human, you know, when, when Lucy was around, but yet there are the footprints right there. And, you know, when getting back to the geological, it makes sense that you find fish on the bottom, you know, reptiles, mammals, birds, you know, if there was a flood. Right. Think about what gets covered up first in a cataclysmic flood. Probably things on the bottom. Yeah, Yeah, probably (laughs) things on the bottom. But it really does explain how we would have these these fossils because you'd have a cataclysmic event, things get rapid burial of these animals and organisms, and you'd find things in the bottom first. Bigger animals would be able to run (laughs) run uphill. They'd see water's coming and they'd they'd run. Um, You'd expect humans to be on top. We're the smartest. You'd expect birds to be last. Like, you know why? Because they're flying. Exactly. (laughs) But just in modern day, we don't see fossils forming because the principles of things just floating or sinking to the bottom, not being eaten, rapid burial, and having water present, just you see that today. So yeah. I don't think it, scientifically it does it is the best explanation. I think it's a very good explanation at all. I would agree. And I guess my question is, if they were dating these accurately, how far back would they date or how young would the earth actually be? Well, how are we dating them? If we're using radiometric dating, you know, and we'll talk more about this in uh, a later episode, but it's all based off assumptions and it's, it's what they want them to, to show. And they will throw out dates they don't like and keep dates that make sense because once again, they preclude the earth had to be really old. Right. So, you know, you have modern day, like Mount St. Helens, Hawaiian volcanic eruptions that we know when the dates were, and you can go do potassium argon dating on these lava flows and they'll give you, you know, quarter million years old, like 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can date them, but really interesting thing we can do is we, we have history and we have, you know, artwork and that sort of thing. Right. And just so happens, you know, people like Marco Polo traveled to China and he wrote in his, in his works about, uh, seeing different dinosaurs. The Chinese calendar, you know, they, they have a bunch of animals in their calendar. All of them are real except for the dragon, right? Right, right. Yeah. It just so happens that the word dinosaur didn't come about until the 1860s or so. So before that, everything was called a dragon. The word dinosaur didn't come about. So they were all called dragons and most likely we would call it dinosaurs. Yeah. Certainly look like dragons. So, <laughs> you know, there's a ancient uh, book of all the record keeping that the Chinese had. They had a, you know, they paid for the Smith. They paid for all these different people or their emperor would have paid. Uh, one was the dragon feeder. They had a dragon feeder. How funny is that? Um, but there's a few archeological finds that we've had that we'll include some pictures on here, but one was a stegosaurus perfectly see the plates on its back. You, there's nothing else that would look like that. There's a singet ring that they would use to do wax imprints on when sending their letters. Can't remember who the person was, but he has two long-necked dinosaurs on it. There's another area that has pictures of long-necked dinosaurs along with other animals written, uh, drawn in copper. And there's a good book called Dire Dragons, which actually shows a lot of these different archaeological finds. We have showing that humans had to have seen dinosaurs right. because you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't make some of these drawings up unless you saw them. 
Bible actually mentions a dinosaur. Did you know that? Where? A couple of them. I believe it was in Job, and I can't remember the other one was. But Job is the oldest, thought to be the oldest book of the Bible. And God is talking about the magnificence of his creatures, and he talks about the behemoths. The behemoth had, um, you know, it's, so its loins were like iron, so it was huge. It was a mag, uh, magnificent, gigantic animal. Um, and the tail, it had a uh, long neck, and it had a tail that swung about like a cedar tree. And in Israel, the cedar tree was their biggest tree that they built the temple with. Um, it was their longest, biggest, strongest tree. And when you look at modern translations of the Bible, they will say an elephant or giraffe, you know, that have these little tails yeah. in the air. Uh, it doesn't swing it about like a cedar tree. So if the Bible mentions them, I mean, you're really saying it's most magnificent right. animal was, you know, a long-necked brachiosaurus, monstrous type animal. And it strikes fear into people who see it. So it was, it was displaying his magnificence. He, uh, it must have been something quite large and awesome. just fine evidence of it today through fossils so awesome and it just goes to prove that you know back then when humans were around with dinosaurs and they were documenting them in you know their books and in artwork you know they obviously were not digging up fossils and doing radiometric dating on them <laughs> they didn't have the technology we have now and we still are just in mass denial of the true age of the earth in the fact that we were around with dinosaurs today, it's in the Bible, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they had to have seen them to write yeah. about these yeah. creatures. They had to have seen them. And I mean, if there was a flood that laid down all these animals, you know, and two of every kind went on Noah's Ark. Most likely they took babies. It would have been massive dinosaurs and right. reptiles grow for their whole lifespan. They do not, uh, they didn't have to take uh, huge ones. They have taken babies and, you know. Every man has that want to be a hunter, you know, and you don't want something. We, we don't have bears in Kansas City. You don't have right. lions or mountain lions running around. What do we do? You know, you can read about different stories of slaying dragons, yeah. slaying dinosaurs. Every man's going to have it in them to go be the hero and go kill them. So we wiped them out. You know, there weren't very many around, but all that's very, uh, very interesting and yeah. somewhat hypothetical. But, you know, that, that makes sense why we wouldn't have them around. So another great example that would prove, you know, that in a very short amount of time that these fossils and rock were laid down is mountain ranges, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a really cool areas in different mountains. You can see it for all around the world that we can look at signs to say, hey, were these, these rock layers laid down slowly over time, one after the other, or was it quick? You know, you can use hydrologic sorting. So you get a bunch of different soil, put it in the jar put water in it, shake it up, and it will make these layers out for you. But when you look at mountain ranges, you can look at cross sections of mountain ranges, S shapes, going like this. You know, I don't know if you know from looking at foundations, but uh, rocks are brittle. They break. They don't bend, you know, uh, mud bends. So you can look at really cool cross sections of mountains that are going like this. They're not broken. So if they went down slowly over time and then tried to push these mountains slowly, the rocks would break. They break into smaller rocks and there would there'd be sand and a bunch of smaller rocks. Rocks don't bend. So you see these, what had to happen is, you know, over the course of a year with the flood, there would be these mud layers that would deposit on top of each other. And, you know, with these from tectonic plates moving and pushing into each other, what we would consider quickly now, you know, hundreds of feet in a year, these mud flows would be bendable and they would actually be malleable and they would be able to form these 
these mountain ranges that have these crazy bends in them. You just would not see it. It happens slowly over time. You see these rocks break. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Let's throw the brick. Another case and evidence for this uh, rapid deposition is they will find trees that are fossilized trees. Some will be diagonal, some will even be upside down through different layers of rock that are supposed to be millions of years old. So these trees are very slow growing or they were going upside down, going the wrong way for sunlight. It doesn't make sense. You know, right. uh, they'll find trees going in their own directions. But yeah, like you said, there's, there's two theories. Which one does the science make more sense for? Um, and the Bible does say in the last days there will come scoffers and they will come uh, effectively making fun of and not believing in the, what well, is, is ironic that people believe and preclude the notion of there ever being a flood with 80% of the earth's crust as sedimentary rock laid down by water. And these fossil graveyards where thousands of fossils are intertwined. It's just two ways to look at the evidence, but in the last days are come scoffers and they will not believe in the flood. Just so happens we're here. Yeah. Um, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe, share this with anybody that might be interested as well. And we will see you on next episode.